Hello, it's Rafaela here from ThreadUp. I continue to support the creative community through this crisis with all sessions now on video and phone calls. For details, please check threadup.co.uk. You can also find details of free check-ins I offer on my Twitter at threadup underscore and on Instagram and Facebook at threadup. Please share this. Somebody out there might need it. Stay safe and let's get through it together. Welcome to Psychomedy Daily Dose, the spin-off series of short episodes of Psychomedy during this time of shutdown of the live comedy circuit due to coronavirus. I'm Nathan Cassidy, stand-up comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology. And three times a week now on Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday, I'm going to be talking with a different comedian about the current situation, along with passing on some hopefully really helpful and positive strategies and coping mechanisms from the counselling professionals we partner with at threadup.co.uk. They're there to support you, and if you'd like to support this podcast, if you're enjoying what we're doing, please go to patreon.com slash Nathan Cassidy. I'm hoping that by sharing experiences and some positivity with comedians, we can all get through this together in the best possible way. Joining me today on Psychomedy is Deliso Chaponda. Deliso, hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm not bad. How are you? As well as one can be in this bizarre, um, semi-apocalyptic version of life we find ourselves in. <laughs> yes, it, is, it, it, it does feel semi-apocalyptic right now, doesn't it? I thought it was, I thought it was bad last week, and then just like every, every day seems to be getting closer to the apocalypse. It's crazy, crazy times. How has the last, what, three months been for you as we near the end of lockdown, as we... Knew it's, it. been, been... it's been crazy. It's been absolutely crazy. I mean, um, I, I've been doing a show every day just to keep myself sane, give myself a purpose because I live alone. And yeah. I feel like people who don't live alone are not doing the hardcore version of lockdown <laughs> that <laughs> those of us who live alone have been doing because it's just one of those things where it's weird to complain about because again, I know there are a lot of people worse off and also I'm relatively okay. I've got savings and stuff like that, but it's almost like you've got these weights on your ankles, right? And they're lightweights on your ankles. So it's fine at first, but as it goes longer and longer, it gets harder and harder to walk. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. So for the first few weeks, I was like, oh, don't worry. I've, I've got, you know, I've got um, direction. I'm writing my novel. I'm doing this. I'm going for walks. And you're just saying, oh, I'll push through to the end of this. And then you're like, oh, my gosh, this is now month two. Oh, my gosh. And it's, as it extends, it, you get more and more lonely. You get more and more stressed. Um, yeah. But I'm really glad I'm a comedian because... Um, I have funny friends. And so I've noticed when I call my non-comedian friends, it's just depressing, discussing, oh my God, this is what's going on in the world. Oh no, this is what Trump did. Oh no, this is, and it's so mournful and depressing. And then I'll call a comedian friend and even though we're talking about horrific things, we're cracking jokes and making (laughs) each other laugh about it. (laughs) <laughs> and I really think that that's been helping a lot. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, I mean, everything is 
designed to get on top of us really quickly. And yeah. For a while, I was even avoiding news. Yeah, me too. Me too. Because for a while, it was just death tolls. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I cannot do anything. I'm entirely powerless. And reading about this every day is just getting me more and more depressed. So I stayed away from the news for a while, though right now, America is having all kinds of crazy chaos because of um, the death of George Floyd. And I almost have gone the other way and I've been binge watching <laughs> too much. Uh, I did a joke in my show yesterday that yeah, I didn't I realize I you could it, yeah. binge watch a hashtag because I can't stop watching. And I've gone from avoiding all the news to reading all the different sources and trying to get a sense of what's actually going on because there's so many agendas and so many uh so much misinformation and i I've, I'm, I'm consuming all of it uh and i actually think it'd probably be healthy for me to step away from it for a while because again i can't change anything yeah it's a it's a tricky one isn't it i mean I, I was saying at the start of this that it's healthy to step away from Corona news, but right now it seems unhealthy to step away from the George Floyd news. It's it seems healthy to it seems healthy to binge watch that, and it seems yes, it does also to... because I think it's also that thing of it's an important moment. Yeah, and so you want to even if you're just contributing a marble of even if you're community, you know, like a tiny speck of something, you want to contribute, you want to uh, be there to combat idiots. Because I often think that comedy can't change the world, right? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. The way like, you know, some politician can change the world or the way that some religious leader can change the world. But what I think comedy can do better than a politician or a religious leader or a social worker is call attention to idiocy. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of that about. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. I, I was just reading like um, Jason Manford having arguments with people. And it, it was just it was just odd. Some of the people who uh, people have been attacking. And then the other thing I think is really weird is even among people who are supportive of the cause there's now this thing of where people are eating their own so it's one thing to vent all your frustration at the systemic racism and stuff like that about it but there are a lot of people who spend so much of their energy and anger yelling at other people on their side for not expressing their support in the exact right way absolutely absolutely and i heard you heard you say yeah something great about that which was just let them say what they want to say people will be making slight mistakes people will be saying things slightly differently to how you're saying it but we're all on the same side you know the people on the same side don't attack your own it's absolutely the right point there it's exactly right i saw a, a, a hashtag people jumping on uh Hermione Granger of all people. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like for yeah. for instead of tweeting out one black square, she tweeted out three black squares. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Why did she tweet out three black squares? Is she trying to say that she's more important than the people who tweeted one? And I was like, what kind of brains do you have? <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. It, oh God, it fills me. I mean, obviously the, the, the murder of George Floyd fills me with such pessimism, but the, yes. the, way, the, the way people are divided and the way people, yeah, on the same side are divided and are attacking each other. It can't, you can't help but be filled with such overwhelming pessimism. And, and also I think the other thing is people then start playing oppression bingo. <laughs> right? Because like, <laughs> yeah. This moment is what this moment is. This and it's like, it's not uh, like I was trying to say. Like it's not only Black Lives Matter. It's you know what I mean. It's like, but then people, even people who are on your side, then start arguing with each other. Like there was this whole thing where Peter Tatchell got upset at John Boyog uh, because in his rage he said, "Go suck a dick." To I don't know if you're talking to Trump or to racist yeah. but then it was like go suck a dick is homophobic and then it's like a whole argument between two camps of people who are on the same side yeah and it's just one of those where oh god i'm like we know who the problem are, are not even who we know what the problem is the yeah. system is and i almost feel like we need to pause some of the other fights we have yeah. Right? While we sort out this fight. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, in a war, in a war, if you go to like the Second World War, yeah. Russia and the Allied forces had a lot of problems, did not agree with each other, but we're like, you know, just for the duration of this, this war, <laughs> yeah. we're going to put that stuff aside. <laughs> yeah. And then as soon as it's not over, but as soon as it's like at a pause, then we can go back to yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah. as you say the, the the problem is so huge the problem is is needs to be attacked from all sides with a single unified voice against yeah, yeah police certain police officers certain po many politicians everyone coming from every direction must be unified to affect this change and we have people attacking Hermione Granger people caring more about their own voice people caring more about themselves personally looking good in this situation. Yeah. It's crazy. We're never going to make progress in this situation. And I'll tell you the other problem how is, we're looking personally. Yeah. The other problem is because it's a system thing, right? It's so semi impossible to change, right? Because it's not actually about a person. It's not about this it's not about Trump. It's not about that policeman. It's not about, I mean, it is about that policeman, but do you know what I mean? Like the problem yes. isn't that one person, of course. right? Because if you look at um, the UK, right? There've been problems which have popped up while we've had Boris Johnson, but they were equally similar problems if you go back when it was Blair. Or if I you mean, go further back yeah. when it was John Major, right? It's a system thing. And same thing in America, like their problems, Trump, and I think Trump makes them worse, but there were a lot of these problems when it was Obama, be it, you know, Absolutely. be it Bush, be it Clinton. It's like, it's the problem is the system itself. And unless you have a global revolution, how do you change the, how do you actually change the fact that it's, it is race, but it's also, it's, it's, it's economy, it's money. You know what I mean? The world is based on people doing well 
while other people suffer and can barely feed each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Spot, and all spot. I got to combat that is jokes. It's <laughs> 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 one of those things where you're like, it is so like, it is so not even the wisdom of Solomon would not be enough. <laughs> and yeah. some of us are attacking it with punchlines. Well, Spike Lee summed it up beautifully last night. He was he was calling it, you know, racism. He was calling it the global pandemic before Corona. You know, as you say, yes, um, yes, there are there are parallels. I mean, there's no cure, and uh, the world has to come together to. And I actually think it's it's it's. This. I am. I would say the global pandemic is inequality right because it may be race in one country right but yeah. then you'll go into another country and it will manifest itself in another way it's kind of it comes down to capitalism and comes because of the the least racist places i've ever lived by very little coincidence were also the most equal societies i'd ever lived so you don't have time to hate each other if you're like, oh, I can feed myself, right? But if you can't feed yourself, you're like, who's to blame? Ah, oh, it's those immigrant bastards. Oh, it's those... Yeah. And like Canada, it's not a paradise. There's lots of problems. But comparatively, of the countries I've lived, I didn't feel black. That's a, it's a very odd thing to say. But I feel like, depending where you are, you feel more or less black. I'm not sure if I can explain. Like, no, let me put it this way. I understand. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. In, in Canada, for most of the time I was in Canada, I just felt like a human being. Right? Yeah. UK, I feel, UK is in between. But if, whenever you go, I go visit America, I feel very black. Right? When I go visit South Africa, I feel very black. There are certain places where your race is reminded and affects your daily life so much and places where it doesn't as much. And it's just, it's no surprise that the places which, you know, not more socialist, just the gap between wealth and poor is less, is where there's less of it, so. Absolutely, absolutely. Inequality is driving, driving people's anger, you know, whether it's about this or before the murder of George Floyd. It was. It's, yeah, it's I was in, talking to someone. I was talking to someone in America yesterday. I have a friend who's in LA, and we're just talking. And she was talking about the fact that there's, you know, at least in the UK, you've got the NHS, right? Yeah. The stuff that exacerbated all of this is you're in a pandemic, and if you are in a poor area, which is predominantly black, and you don't have health insurance, can you imagine how much more stressful? this entire pandemic has been absolutely absolutely yeah yeah oh gosh <laughs> i think we're on we've done more of the psych than the comedy in this, uh. <laughs> no man god i mean this is but it's the nature of the world right now it's oh god it is it is we've yeah. we've we've talked for months on this imagining how people will be emerging after lockdown and at the start of this there was optimism about people would emerge with, with togetherness, people would emerge. No, with a, I still, with no, I'll attitude. actually tell you what's interesting is yeah. I actually think that 
society can actually change right now. Because normally, I feel like people are complacent, people going around their life, right? But because there's been a disruption, what we may become in six months is not set in stone. Sure. So it could be worse, it could be better. But I actually think in a weird way, depending on what happens now, they actually could be some legit change to the system because there's going to have to be some change anyway because of managing a global uh, economy meltdown and things like that. And so we're going to be reevaluating things anyway. Yeah, yeah. And when we're reevaluating things anyway, some things might be put back together better. It's like, you know, the jigsaw puzzle has been smashed by Corona. And when we're putting it back together, maybe we might say, hey, like, oh, you know, um, I've got a friend, uh, Tony Vino. You may know him. He's a comedian, Mm. very funny guy. But he right now is working for, they've put um, homeless people in some of the empty hotels, right? Yeah. And he had been talking to them and looking at the situation. He was like, you know what? It's really absurd how little money this is costing the government, right? Just to give them a place to stay and a meal every day, right? And it's just one of those things like, why didn't this exist before? Because they've been forced into it. And it's only when they've been forced into it, they've seen how cheap it is. Yeah, and we now know that the money's available. So there's none, yes. there's none of those excuses can be viable in the future. But yeah, as you say, maybe there is an optimism out of this anger. It's like we're emerging from lockdown. We've had this simmering anger about, yeah, whether it's inequality about, it was Cummings last week, the inequality there, one rule for one, yes. one rule for another. The now the Oh, anger. I'll tell you what's funny about that. I'll tell you what's funny about that. I don't <laughs> okay. know if it's, I, I did a joke about this, but it's based on truth. Yeah. Because I grew up in African countries mm. like Kenya and Malawi and uh, Zambia, I never ever expected those in power who set the rules to follow the rules. <laughs> and I actually think it's so childish and naive of British people to think they would. <laughs> I'm like, do you believe in Santa as well? why are you surprised that's not the nature of power (laughs) yeah 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 if cummings can't do what he wants to do when he wants to do what is the world coming to you know what i mean yeah (laughs) no honestly it's 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 almost like it's kind of sweet that you british people actually thought that those in power would follow the same rules (laughs) <laughs> based on what precedent <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice man. that's nice um yeah i mean i was it's it's interesting to to think how we as comedians are going to be tackling all these issues now and um i reminded myself about your final performance on on britain's got talent and how you were actually talking about racism on on the in the final which was great and um oh yeah it's very on brand i've I've, it's just been (laughs) my subject matter for years (laughs) but i think you've also got to understand i went to high school in swaziland which is adjacent to um south africa 
And the school I was going to was a protest school. And why I mean as a protest school is a group of South African teachers who were horrified that they were not allowed to teach black people went to the neighboring country and created an integrated school as a protest. So as much as we were being educated, protesting and thinking about racism and thinking about, you know, social causes was part of the curriculum almost. Like we all used to, um, every Tuesday, you would write Amnesty International letters, right? And uh, the, the books on the curriculum were very chosen carefully to reflect world culture, not one culture. So there are all kinds of things where I think it's no wonder I have these priorities and talk about this stuff a lot because my schools were shaping me from the beginning, which is, I mean, mm. I honestly think the only way you get rid of racism isn't anything, it's, it's just schools and education. It's like, you can't, that guy who hates brown people who's 65, it's too late for him, right? <laughs> but it's the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's- It's my it's, niece who might not care less. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's what those guys of 60 and 40 and people my age are passing down to their kids as well. That's, a, that's the worry, that's um, the worry. It's some of the things you see online. I'm like, what are you saying to your kids? You know, just like, I'm, I'm offended so much by you, but I'm also offended thinking that you have kids and you're passing those thoughts onto them. And then you just start getting very pessimistic that, that we are many generations from this being. Yeah, you know how social workers can interfere with like an alcoholic parent? <laughs> I've always wondered <laughs> yeah. if someone's just twisted in the mind, they should be able to intercede <laughs> and say, you can't parent. You're passing on racism. Yeah, God, I mean, I know you're joking, but it's, it, it's going to require some difference in society, isn't it? It's going to require yes. these people to be called out in. I know, no, no, I'll no. tell you what it also is. I'll tell you what it also is. It's having enough other influences, okay? Because, you know, when I was growing up, within my family, I heard some homophobic things because it was cultural, right? Yeah. But then I was going to this international school where there was a lot more focus on unity and there were people from all around the world who didn't have those views and perspectives. So whatever you're hearing at home is offset by what you're seeing on television, yeah. what you're... Um, so, I mean, it's a big influence, your home, but it's not the only influence. That's what I No, think. no, no, absolutely. And, and this is, as you say, where comedy has a, has a role to a certain extent. To, to, oh, yes, definitely. And, um, oh, do you know what? I was, I was, I was watching a, a, a very fascinating show which was talking about the gay rights movement, right? Now, I know that it's, it's absurd. I'm, I'm straight and I'm talking about this. So I may say something inaccurate, but based on the article I read, I read that they were saying two of the biggest things that have led to um, worldwide acceptance of, not necessarily acceptance, but the strides which have come forward in the gay movement was Will and Grace wow. and Ellen's Daily Show. <laughs> yeah. Because it's funny, it's, I don't even know what, in a way that people who are resistant to it 
people wouldn't necessarily listen to a politician talk about it, yeah. but they like Ellen. <laughs> she makes them laugh. Do you know what I mean? And it's, <laughs> it's an interesting thing. Now, I don't know how accurate it was. I don't know how they proved it, but I think it is an interesting thing to think that you can be something that people hate, but if it's funny, it lets their guard down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, God, interesting to hear you talk, you know, you said there about, as a, as, as a heterosexual person commenting on this, you said something like, oh, it's ludicrous for me to be commenting on um, homophobia, when of course it's not, it's not, and that's where a lot, of, a, lot of white, a lot of white people are, and a, uh, you know, a lot of yes. white comics particularly now are thinking, how can I comment about this racism issue? Yes. But of course, you, of course you can, it's not to be scared, it's what you said at the top there. Don't be scared about saying potentially the right, the, the, wrong, the wrong thing. We're all on the same side, and if you make a slight mistake, you shouldn't be punished for that, but it's, uh, this is all about voices, this is all about speaking up, isn't it, this time? And, uh, and I also think part of it is just prefacing it with like, like sort of what I said, like, yeah. I might say this wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I'm going to give it a shot. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah. I think yeah. as long as people say that, look, okay, I'm white. I know I'm white. I'm upset by this situation. I'm going to try say something. Yeah. Please yeah. take it easy on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whether they will is a, is another matter. It's um Yeah, there's some guy who had to leave Twitter because he posted a link to a song which he sang. Yeah. Which was about racism and they felt it was self-promotion. But I also think look, the other problem is social media is not the real world. Yeah. And I think the problem is it can create this false impression, right? Because I think in the real world, your friends will forgive you clumsily saying something. Yes. On social media, no one will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even your friends, you know, it's... Uh... Even your friends. And I mean, like, we've all got that slightly inappropriate friend who says slightly inappropriate thing, but we know they're a good person, so you'll forgive the nonsense they say sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't exist online. And that's the issue. That's also part of the issue. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, your comedy is going to be great uh, in this situation, I think, because your comedy is about talking about these issues, but it's about unification as well. It's about it. it it's it's not about being divisive, you know, it's which is which is beautiful watching you. It's, you know, when you watch someone like Dave Chappelle, he was also yes. equally, equally wonderful. Even in his latest special, Six and Stones, he's, he's all about getting those laughs, but getting those gasps as well, getting those people that yeah. vehemently disagree with what he's saying. And your comedy is slightly different, isn't it? It's about trying to unify. It's the laugh is the important thing rather than the gasp, am I right? Yes, no, I definitely don't go for the gasp at all. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like I would almost say if I was trying to put um, my sort of comedy ethos, it's like trying to celebrate life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Despite how horrible things are like <laughs> the movie. That's got, which, hard. That's got hard now. I think the movie <laughs> which really impacted what I want to do with comedy is have you watched Life is Beautiful? Uh, I haven't. No. Well, it right there. I watched it and it was almost a thesis statement of everything I think comedy can do because it's yeah. a comedy set during the Holocaust and it is hilarious in an uplifting way and 
it's it's mocking all the right targets and you can't believe how uplifting it is because the plot in a like the blurb is a man and his son are sent to a concentration camp and he decides that he wants to shield his little kid from this horrible experience and so turns it to a game and is making his kid laugh no matter what horrific things are going on. And it is magnificent. And I remember watching that and being like, wait, you can do jokes about that? (laughs) And I think there's a direct link between me being so moved by that to me deciding, okay, I want to do jokes about slavery. I want to talk about colonialism. I want to talk about prejudice because until that moment, and it's not just that moment, but until roughly that moment in time, I used to just do knob gags and, you know, just (laughs) generally what a university student is going to talk about. Do you know what I mean? Comedy, not really about nothing, but just all I wanted was to get a laugh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've heard you say before that in, when you're doing comedy in Africa, it's, it's easier to do political comedy. And here in the UK, it's, uh, it's more tricky. But do you find yourself yes. being unified in your mind now that you can maybe do stuff? Yes. Well, I mean, here I do a different kind of politics. So, so I'll tell you, yeah. I'm actually very political in the UK, but I, I don't talk about people, right? Yeah. I talk about issues, right? So yeah. my last show was about cancellation culture which is a very political thing yeah but at the same time if i'm in africa like i find here like let's say i was to do a show about brexit it just creates so much i don't think it works yeah yeah yeah, your division and you either are preaching to the converted or not right and i actually like political comedy where people are watching it and being challenged and debating as opposed to saying, I don't want to listen to this and storming out. And I feel like it's a weird thing. In African countries, when I do political stuff, the crowd is not necessarily polarized. Well, I feel there is something very um, tribal, even more so in America. You know, you're in this gang or that gang. Absolutely, yeah. And again, here it was, you're in the Brexit gang or the non-Brexit gang. And it doesn't matter what I say that is reasonable. I'm not in your gang, so you're tuning me out. But (laughs) if I'm talking about cancellation culture, I can sneak in some points, right? (laughs) Or if I'm talking about, like, not racism, because that gets people defensive, but if I talk about the way that, um, you know, somebody was punished for saying something racist on Twitter, they'll listen to me. And then I will sneak in a greater point about racism. So I feel here I have to be a bit more careful. I don't know why there's such defensiveness, but it's, it's just interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I think I mean, it's also because I'm, I don't know if necessarily British comedians feel the same thing. Maybe it's because I am a foreigner commenting on your culture, uh, you know, for British culture that maybe there's a defensiveness that they wouldn't be if I'm one of, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. And what's been great is you've been doing this every night and you know mm. more than probably any other comic you've been doing a live co- corona cast every every single night and as you say it's probably been good for your mental health and if you're living alone but also i'd imagine it's good for your comedy is it not Talking i've never every night written like this so and, many jokes in my yeah. life but also improvising i've heard you say before you know talking about improvising 
less. And now you're taking subjects from the audience, aren't you? Sometimes yes. You're, yes. you're responding to comments. So you must have must have evolved over these three months, you know, hugely. Oh, very much so. I think the bigger thing is that I used, because I'm a writer, 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 yeah. right? I would overwrite stuff. Mm. While, and I could not overwrite the way I normally could every day. So what I do is I sort of give myself a framework and improvise around it. Yeah which is a skill which I always kind of wanted to have, yeah. which I'm developing because of this. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. I, I implore everyone to tune in. It's Mondays to Fridays now, isn't it? At seven o'clock. Yes, Mondays to Fridays, seven o'clock yeah. in the UK. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's beautiful, man. I mean, what's, um, what's next for you and how are you, how are you feeling right now? I mean, you said at the top there that you've been feeling you know, a little bit lonely sometimes, and this yes. Corona cast is, um Well, I think, it's, I think it's going to be less intense now because the UK rules have, have softened a bit. So, yes. you know, I can meet a few people and go for a walk. That's and right, yeah. so the loneliness part of it, I think, might not be as bad. Though I, hey, I should be allowed to bring someone home. <laughs> <laughs> Why have they made sex illegal? What's wrong with you people? All right. But I, I, I appreciate the token gesture that I can meet people and go for a walk with them as long as we don't, you know, have a lot of fun. I think you're allowed I think you're allowed to bring Dominic Cummings home. That's the only Okay, that's section. the only that's the only one. <laughs> and so um that's that that part's gonna be fine. I think the thing which is stressful, which I think all the comedians are dealing with is the practical, um, just the practicalities of the fact that we're not earning. Yeah. And that is a lot of stress. Now, I say this in a position of relative privilege to a wide majority of the um, circuit. So I can't, I can't complain that much, right? Because yeah. I've been touring, I have several months of savings, right? But even so, you see it dwindling every month. Absolutely. And I'm like, oh, if there are no gigs by September, yeah. I'm totally empty. Yeah. Now, there are people who could only last till July, so I can't be too, um, you know... Oh, you can, man. You're allowed to be. It's all, You're allowed it's all, to. It's, You're allowed all to. it's all relative. It's, it's all relative. All, exactly. We're all fearful. Exactly. We're all, we were all optimistic probably at the start of this, thinking June, July, August, we'll be yes. back on stage. And now September is looking optimistic, isn't it? And um, it's... Uh, but, oh, no. But I also think, though, what's interesting is people are creating other um, avenues. That yeah. is what's given me hope. Is that yeah. if you look at the first month, the Zoom gigs were kind of crap and unpaid. And then now there are a few Zoom gigs which actually pay a bit and Absolutely. are well produced. And this is only month, you know, month, we're entering month three. And yeah. I think that we're gradually figuring out how to do this. We're gradually figuring out how to make it viable. And we've got intelligent people amongst us who will yeah. make it work because people need comedy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, so apart from the Corona cast, I see that, yeah, you, you released a special on YouTube and uh, what other yes, stuff should yes, we point? Yes, yes, yes. So, so this is like a special, which my, my special is my first tour, my first post Britain's Got Talent tour. So it's yep. the biggest tour I've ever done. And I filmed it and it was available on Amazon, right? And, yep. you know, people watch it, but not loads of people. And so when, when there was this Corona thing, I was like, Amazon probably won't allow me to do this. Next up probably won't allow me to do this because those are the two platforms who had it. I was yep. like, let me just release it and not tell yep. anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and I put it up there and it's, it's gratifying that like around 200,000 people have been watch, watched it so far and oh, I've amazing. got a lot of positive feedback. But yeah, um, I might have a lawsuit when this is all over. <laughs> <laughs> You won't, there'll, there'll be no money to sue you for. Exactly. I'll be like, I didn't make a penny off it. What you going to come get me for? But I guess there's always the idea that in their head, hey, maybe those 200,000 people would have logged into our platform, but they wouldn't have. So, <laughs> yeah, I've got. <laughs> but, so I'm just hoping they'll just ignore it and just look at it as publicity. <laughs> yeah. yeah let's hope you don't mention it on a podcast delisa um, <laughs> <laughs> indeed indeed all right well but beautiful. yeah no it's just that just just doing that show writing a novel writing stuff trying to keep funny and trying to keep sane yeah well optimistically uh people can be hopefully booking tickets for your tour soon it's gonna be yes the very blah, soon, blah, very blacklist soon. tour no 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 well blah blah blacklist is the current tour but no i'm writing a current tour in um in lockdown yeah and i actually think when lockdown's over i'm gonna start that show because okay. there's a weird thing where i was like i don't know if we care about cancellation culture right now <laughs> do you know what i mean like it was a big thing last yeah. year well there'll be but right now i'm like be, yeah who can i i don't know if anyone's been cancelled in the last, it's, it's not, it's not as pervasive. Do you know what I mean? Because I wrote it when like also every hero of the past was being unearthed for all these scandals. And it was very present at that moment. But I think yeah. the current situation has just blown all of that out of the water. So yeah. I think I will probably tour with new stuff. It's going to be so difficult because, as I say, everyone was talking about Cummings last week and no one is talking about it now. It's like, what the, you know, we're going to have to write. I think this is where your Corona cast will come into, come in handy, that you'll be writing things on the hoof, maybe for the, for, for the next tour. You'll be writing things one day and performing it the next, you know? Very much so. Very much so. Well, I look forward to Lovely. it, Lovely. So it's, um, Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much. You, you more than a lot of people, I'm looking forward to seeing your next tour. I think um, you're, one of the, uh, you're one of the voices, you're one of the great comedians that we're going to want to be watching in the future. So thank you for joining me today, Delisa. Thank you. Thank you very much. The very, very wonderful Deliso Chaponda there. Brilliant. So yes, if you'd like to get his special in an official way, his special, What the Africans Said, you can go to Next Up Comedy dot com and you can get it there get it the official way through next up that's my advice next up are wonderful people doing amazing things for uh, the comedy community at the moment as well as producing and putting out some great content and on that note uh, this saturday the 6th of june they are doing a gala at 7 p.m 
for the Heckle the Virus, um, where they've been raising a lot of money for comedians. So please check that out. Join up with Next Up. Check out their gala at 7pm this Saturday. Hosted by Richard Herring and some amazing special guests. Check that out. So thank you again, Deliso. That is our show for today. Join us again on Saturday for more Psychomedy. Psychomedy is now Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays. Please listen back on all these daily shows. All the main shows, please give us a five-star review. Please spread the word. Psychomedy is produced by Mike Hansen at Pop People Productions. Check out psychomedy.co.uk. There's mental health tips there from our counselling partners at ThreadUp. They're there to support you. And if you'd like to support the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash Nathan Cassidy. I'm Nathan Cassidy. Lots of love to you all. Stay healthy, stay optimistic. Tune back in for more Psychomedy on Saturday. Pod people.